Uh, brothers and sisters, we are truly thankful that you are joining us for our study of the words of God. Our topic for today on the Logos is the temptation of our King Yahushua. We left off uh, last time concerning the baptism of our King Yahushua. In fact, we have two episodes concerning uh, the baptism because we all know our King Yahushua was indeed baptized. And when he was baptized, something happened to him. What was that? Before we go ahead and jump to the temptation of our King Yahushua, Let's see what preceded that event. So after his baptism, as Yahushua came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. And so when our King Yahushua was baptized, once he comes out of the water, the Spirit of God descended upon him and he was crowned with honor and glory as the son of the living God. So Yahushua, Yahuwah himself from heaven, he testified concerning his son. And he announces to the world, basically, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. So Yahushua is crowned the son of God. After his baptism, what happens to him? We jump to Matthew 4, 1 to 2, which is the next passage. Then Yahushua was led by the Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. And so our King Yahushua, right after his baptism, the Spirit descending upon him, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So this was the next event, right after the baptism, because of the word then. So then Yahushua was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So the Spirit descends upon him. He is led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, when it says tempted by the devil, we know he's going to go through temptation. But a temptation, in a way, is also a test. Because when we are tempted, we are being tested to see whether or not we will be loyal to Yahuwah God. So Every temptation is a test, but not all tests are temptation. So a temptation can be a test. So Yahushua is going to go to the wilderness, and he will be tested 40 days and 40 nights. When he goes into the wilderness, what does he do there? He fasts, he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. And so that's the context that's the situation. The Spirit instructs our King Yahushua to fast 40 days and 40 nights. So after 40 days and 40 nights, what happens to him? He is tested by uh, the devil. And so why was there a need for Yahushua to be tested, right? I mean, he is the Son of God. Why is there a need for him to go to the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, to fast 40 days and 40 nights, and to be tested by Yahuwah, to be tempted by the devil. Well, there are probably two reasons. Reason number one, let us uh, look into Deuteronomy 8, 1 down to 3. Be careful to obey all the commands I am giving you today. Then you will live and multiply, and you will enter and occupy the land Yahuwah swore to give your ancestors. Remember how Yahuwah, your God, led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character 
and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone, rather will live by every word that comes from the mouth of Yahuwah. And so when we think of detesting the temptation of our King Yahusha, the backdrop ought to be Deuteronomy chapter 8, 1 down to 3. If you notice, Yahuwah says Israel was tested where? In the wilderness. Where was Yahusha tested? In the wilderness. How long was Israel tested? What does it say? 40 years. How long was Yahusha tested? 40 days and 40 nights. What did the people of Israel experience? Hunger. What did Yahusha experience? Hunger. What was the purpose of the testing of the people of Israel? To see and to prove their character to teach them to depend upon the word of God. That's why it says he did this to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of Yahuwah. So we can see the connection between Deuteronomy 8 and also the testing of our king, Yahushua. And so Yahushua had to be tested because Israel, the firstborn son of Yahuwah, did not pass the test. How many times did they complain in the wilderness? You can't even count how many times they complained in the wilderness. So Israel really did not pass the test. Yes, eventually they entered the promised land, but their character were, was deficient. They did not pass with flying colors. But the crowned son of God, he must represent Israel and pass the test. So that he can be the son of God who would become the sacrifice for the people of Israel and for the people of the world. This is why he had to go through a test. He had to pass a test of Israel, Yahuwah's firstborn, failed. Now, what also could be another reason for why Yahusha had to be tested? Hebrews 4, 14 and 16. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Yahusha, the son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. In other translations, he can sympathize with our weaknesses. For he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So what could be the other reason why Yahusha had to be tested in the wilderness so that he can become our high priest who is able to sympathize or understand our weaknesses? You see, our King Yahusha is going to be a mediator between God and man. And so even though he is the Son of God, he has to experience what we go through. This is why when Yahushua was created, he was created a man. Because he is going to represent man and save man. To do that, to be a high priest who can sympathize with us, he had to experience the temptations and the testings that we go through in our lifetime. In this way, we can approach Yahushua boldly to find help, mercy, and grace when we need it 
the most. This is also mentioned in Hebrews 2, 17, 18. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he's able to help us when we are being tested. So Yahushua is tested, first of all, to pass the test so that he can be the perfect son of God who went through testing. And so he can also sympathize with us and help us when we are being tested. So Yahushua was tested so that we can be helped by him, so that we can approach him, and he's able to give the proper help that we need in times of testing. So there, those are two reasons why I believe Yahushua had to go to the wilderness uh, to be tested. Now, the testing of our King Yahushua also helps us understand the nature of temptation and also teaches us how to overcome it. This is why it's a good study. Because all of us are tempted, whether we like it or not. And if we are unable to overcome temptation, then we are going to be defeated by sin. And so what is the nature of temptation? How does it begin? Let's read the book of James 1, 14 and 15. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. And so what is the nature of temptation? Bible tells us it comes from our own desires. And so that desire, if it's nurtured, if it's fed, it eventually becomes action. And the action is what is called sin, sinful actions. And sin, when it's allowed to grow, it gives birth to death, okay? And so sin is the, is the result of desires in us that's not appropriate. As human beings, we all have desires. That's what it means to be a human being. If you don't have desires, what are we called? Robots. As human beings, we have desires. Sometimes those desires are good. Sometimes those desires are bad. This is why we need to understand the desires within us. We need to look at them. We need to manage them so that we don't end up becoming defeated by sin. And so what are the desires that can be considered temptation? The Apostle John gives us three categories of desires that lead to sin, desires that lead to death. First John 2, 15 and 16. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure. This is the lust of the flesh. We have flesh, and so we have physical cravings like food and drink and sex, and physical desires, right? And the physical desires is not wrong per se. However, when it's no longer appropriate, it becomes sin. And so there's a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see. These are the things that we see, materialism, right? People desire material wealth. There's a saying that the love for money is the 
root of all evil. And so that's kind of the craving for everything we see. And pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. So the Apostle John gives us like three categories of faulty desires. What are they? What are the three major temptation categories? Number one, cravings of the flesh. Number two, the, 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 the desire for material things. And number three, the desire for pride and power. And so many of the temptations that we human beings in these last days experience come from one of these categories or a mixture of these categories, right? I mean, look at the temptations that we face in our life. What are they? Drugs, alcohol. What is that? What category is that? Cravings of the flesh. How about stealing and working overtime to the point to forsake worshiping God? Material things. The desire for power. I mean, why do people uh, do bad things to each other? It's because they want to get that promotion. And so sometimes they slander other people to get that promotion. It's all because they want the pride of having a higher position and having the power to make decisions for the company. And so you have all these different temptations that we face, but they're basically three categories and a mixture of these three categories, cravings of the flesh, material things, pride, and power. So now that we know the nature of temptation, let's go and see how the devil tempts our King Yahushua and how he was able to overcome these temptations. So let's go to the first temptation. How many here remember? The first temptation of our King Yahushua. What was it? Well, he was hungry for 40 days and 40 nights. And if you haven't eaten for 40 days and 40 nights, you know those hunger pangs are going to be pretty intense. How many here has tried fasting for 24 hours? You know, by the time uh, hour 24 hits, everything in your mind is about food. You're going to go online and look at Jack in the Box. What's their newest menu? You're thinking about food all the time. That's just the 24th hour. How about if it's 40 days and 40 nights without food? You're going to be intensely hungry. You're going to be thinking of food. And so here comes the devil. He knows what Yahushua has gone through. And so what does he say? Well, the devil says during that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, let these stones become loaves of bread. Now, why would the devil tempt Yahushua, causing him to make these stones become loaves of bread? Well, first of all, he knows that after 40 days and 40 nights, there's an intense craving for food, right? But it makes you think, is it wrong, per se? Is it a sin, per se, to eat food? Would it be a sin for our King Yahushua to turn the stones into bread. What do you think? Would that be wrong? Is it a sin? Is there like a commandment in the book of God that says, thou shalt not turn stone into bread? <laughs> Is there a commandment like that? I mean, why would this be a temptation in the first place? It kind of makes you want to think, right? Why would this be a temptation? Well, it... We understand the temptation when we understand the purpose of the testing. What is the purpose of the testing? If you remember Deuteronomy chapter 8, 1 down to 3, why 
did Jehovah test Israel for 40 years and for 40 years in the wilderness? The Bible says uh, God let you through the wilderness these 40 years, humbling you and testing you. He humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna. In other words, the purpose of God's test was so that the people of Israel will learn to depend upon God instead of producing their own solution to a problem that Jehovah wants to provide. This is this reminds me of Abraham when Jehovah promised him, you're going to have a son, a promised son through your wife, Sarah. But of course, after waiting for a period of how many, uh, so many years, and the promised son had not come, what did they do? They started to, he started to come up with his own way of fulfilling the promise of God, right? And so he manufactured his own solution instead of depending on the solution of God. And so the whole point of the testing in the wilderness is to trust and to depend not on what you can do on your own, but to trust in what, what God can do. This is why if you look, at verse uh, 3, it says, he did this to teach you that we should not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of Yahuwah. So the temptation of turning the stones into bread, it's not because it's a sin to turn stones into bread, but it's the temptation of being independent of Yahuwah. You see, the one thing our King Yahusha shows us and teaches us is complete and utter dependence upon who? Yahuwah. You see, sometimes we take our independence so far. Yes, God gave us freedom. Yes, God gave us independence, but it's understood this independence does not include independence from Yahuwah. We need to always depend on the help and what Yahuwah God gives us. This is why when, when the devil tempted Yahusha, Turn these stones into bread if you are indeed a son of God. What did Jehusha say? But Jehusha told him, no. The scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So what Jehusha saying, yes, I'm hungry. But if I'm going to be fed, I'm going to depend on Yahuwah for how I will be fed. I will not depend on my own ability, on my own power. The purpose of this testing is to depend on Yahuwah. This is why I'm fasting in the first place. Because I want you, because I want to show I trust Yahuwah that in this wilderness, under the unbearable heat of the sun, Yahuwah will provide for my needs. I will wait for the provision of Yahuwah. And so what sustains our King Yahushua? It is the word that comes from the mouth of God. And so he's telling the devil, I depend upon Yahuwah. I depend upon the word of my God. And he says this in the book of John 4.34. Yahushua said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. You see, what gives more pleasure to Yahushua more than the cravings of the flesh is when he knows the will of Yahuwah. I mean, isn't this how we feel? I mean, how does it feel when you get a message from God? When God tells you something and you know it comes from him, don't you feel happy? Because you know that this is the will of Yahuwah for my life. You feel happy. Yahushua feels the same way. The, the, the pleasure he receives 
in knowing and understanding the will of God, in knowing the word of God, that pleasure is much deeper. It, 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 for him, it's food. This is our king, Yahusha. He's dependent upon God. In John 5.30, he says, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. So when you look at the different categories of temptation, and you look at the, temp the first temptation of our King Yahusha, what categories kind of are involved in this? Cravings of the flesh, right? Pride and power, because if you turn the stones into bread, you're kind of showing your power, right? I'm the son of God. And so I'm going to turn these stones into bread, even if it's not the will of Abba, because I have the power to do that. But Yahushua says, no, everything I do, I only do because the Father tells me to do it. Do you see the complete dependence of our King Yahushua? Well, how can this help us? Because we all have the cravings in the flesh, right? How does this teaching of our King Yahushua, this Bible history about Yahusha overcoming the first temptation. How can this help us with the cravings of the flesh? Well, there's a passage in the book of Galatians 5, 16 and 17. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. We all have sinful desires because we have the flesh. I mean, yeah, we have the new, we have the spirit in us when we were baptized by the power of our King Yahushua. When we were added to his body, we have a new nature, right? but we still have our old nature. We have the flesh nature, we have the spirit nature, right? So there are two kind of forces battling in us. You have the flesh and you have the, the spirit. Because we're human beings, we have the flesh. And so we have this craving for physical pleasures. How do we overcome the cravings for physical pleasure? Bible says, by nurturing uh, the, 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 the spirit, by nurturing the spiritual part of us. When we do that, the other part dies. You see, it's like there are two warring forces in us. That's what Apostle Paul is saying. The, 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 the spirit and the flesh. When we feed the spirit, the flesh dies. But when we feed the flesh, the spirit dies. So we get to choose what to feed. It's like that famous uh, Indian story, Cherokee Indian story about the two wolves inside of us. Remember that story? There's a story um, of two wolves, and they're equal in strength and power and ferocity. And so one is evil. It is anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, uh, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, ego. So there's like a, a wolf in us that represents evil, and there's a wolf in us that represents good. It is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence. Empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. And so there are two wolves in us. Who do you think wins when they fight? Who's going to win when they fight? The wolf that you feed. <laughs> That's the whole point. If you're feeding the wolf that is good, well, that one's going to win. 
If you're feeding the wolf that is evil, well, that one's going to win. And so that's the whole point of uh, Galatians 5. If we feed the spirit with the word of God, in other words, if we delight in the word of God, then we are feeding our spirit so that we, the spirit in us, become so strong, slowly we are causing the flesh in us to wane, to decrease, and to eventually die out. That's the purpose of the spirit, feeding our spiritual self. And this is this underscores the purpose of fasting. You know why fasting, spiritual fasting works? The purpose of fasting is every time you have the craving of the flesh, you satisfy the craving of the flesh by the word of God, by seeking spiritual pleasures to kind of satisfy that craving for, uh, for food, okay? And so eventually you're teaching, you're training yourself to live according to the spirit. So the spirit begins to live, the flesh begins to die out. When we feed the desires of the spirit, the cravings of the flesh or our sinful nature die. So that's the lesson we get from the first temptation. Well, how about the second temptation? Well, let's look at it, Matthew 4, 5 to 6. Then the devil uh, took him to the holy city, Jerusalem to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off for the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. So here's the devil. He is defeated in the first temptation. Now he uses scriptures. You notice the devil knows scriptures. He's quoting scripture here. He's quoting from the book of Deuteronomy. Or actually, he's, he's quoting from the book of Psalms. Okay. And so after quoting from the book of Psalms 91, to be specific, he tells the Son of God to jump. I mean, he's quoting scripture, but the problem is the devil is misapplying scripture. And sometimes we do that all the time, right? We take scripture, but we misapply it. And so to protect us from misapplying scripture, it's not enough simply to know scripture. We have to also know the heart of God. We have to know the character of God. And so Yahusha knows the character of God. It's why he's able to respond uh, to this temptation from the devil. So he tells, the, he tells Yahushua, if you are the son of God, jump off. And so he's kind of like, when you look at this temptation, he is tempting Yahushua to kind of show off Right, because if he goes to the top of the mount, uh, the top of the temple, and then he he jumps off it, and then all of a sudden he kind of floats in the air. I mean, that's a spectacle. A lot of onlookers are going to say, "Wow, that was pretty awesome!" Right, and so he wants he wants Yahusha to become proud because he's not a son of God, because that's who the devil is. He has pride. Right? The devil is proud because once upon a time he was this anointed cherub and he was granted access to the holy mountain of God. And so he had these privileges, authorities, and powers. He became proud. And so he's thinking maybe Yahush is also proud. And so he tempts him. And the, the temptation that he, he, uh, he is uh, catering to is that desire for pride to show off your power, to show off who you are, to make a name for yourself. Yeah, right? So that was a temptation. And so if Yahushua were to give in, then he would be using and abusing his power for his own benefit. 
for self-glory instead of giving glory to Yahuwah. And so what does Yahuwah uh, say to that temptation? Yahusha says, Yahusha responded, the scriptures also say you must not test Yahuwah your God. And so he doesn't follow the desire of the devil. It shows that he is not proud, right? It shows that he does not want the glory for himself. It doesn't, it shows that he wants to please the Father. And so he even quotes scripture and applies it perfectly in this situation. He says, You must not test Yahuwah your God. Because if he were to jump off the temple, then he would be forcing the hand of Yahuwah, right, to do something that was to, to save him, even though it was not the intent of Yahuwah to abuse that promise of God. In a way, if you were to jump from the highest point of the temple, it would be like manipulating God. You know, sometimes we do that, right? As human beings, we tend to manipulate God. Oh God, you're, you're this and this. If you really love me, then you're going to give me this nice, nice house or this nice job, if you really love me. And so we try to manipulate God with our words. But that doesn't do well for a relationship. This is why, you know, people ask me all the time, is pronouncing the name of Yahuwah, pronouncing the name of Yahusha, is that a salvation issue? I don't think it's a salvation issue. It's an indication, right? It's an indication that you are working on your relationship with Yahuwah and Yahusha. But if pronouncing correctly, you know, I mean, like with pristine pronunciation of the name Yahuwah and Yahusha, if that is a salvation issue, then it's like making the name Yahuwah and Yahusha like a formula. And so it becomes like manipulation of God. Oh, I use this formula. The purpose of the name is given to us, not because Yahuwah, Yahusha wants us to use that name like a formula, like a magic spell. No! The purpose of the name is so that we can relate with Yahuwah and Yahusha. There's no manipulation in relationship. In relationship, we do what pleases the other person that we want to have a relationship with. And so the giving of the name is not to be used as a formula. It is to be used as a way to enhance our understanding and therefore our relationship with Yahuwah and Yahusha. And so... Yahusha says, do not tempt the Lord your God. Do not tempt Yahuwah your God. Now, when he used that word, the phrase, do not tempt Yahusha, or do not test Yahusha your God, he also was quoting from Deuteronomy 16, verse 16. I just want to show, like, the backdrop behind uh, the statement of our King Yahusha. Bible says in Deuteronomy 6, 16, you must not test Yahuwah your God as you did when you complained at Masah. And so when we complain to Yahuwah, it's a way of testing him. And the Bible mentions um, that the people of Israel complain at Masa. Do you remember what happened at Masa? Let's go to Exodus 17, 7. Moses named the place Masa, which means test. And Meribah, which means arguing because the people of Israel argued with Moses and tested Yahuwah. By saying, is Yahuwah here with us or not? Here's the context. And so Yahuwah delivers the people of Israel 
from Egypt. How did Yahuwah deliver the people of Egypt or deliver the people of Israel from Egypt? How did he do that? Ten plagues, the crossing of the Red Sea. What did Yahuwah show? His power. After they flee from Egypt, what does Yahuwah do? He provides them with meat. He provides them with manna. At one point when they arrived at Mara, the waters were bitter. Yahuwah made them sweet water. And then another, when they were tested in this, the place which we eventually be called Masa and Meribah, they again complain because they have no water to drink. And so Yahuwah tells Moses, go and, and stand in front of the rock and strike it once. There's going to be water. And so they were given water. But Yahuwah tells Moses, his people Israel, the Bible says, they are testing me. And how did they test Yahuwah? Because they asked, is Yahuwah here with us or not? Wait a minute. You just saw the miracle at the Red Sea. You just saw the power of God in the ten plagues. You just saw him give you manna. You saw him give you all this meat to eat. And then you still complain. Is Yahuwah God with us or not? You know what this shows us? The people of Israel, instead of delighting in Yahuwah, that he's with them, they're focused not in the relationship with Yahuwah, they're focused on their own comforts. You see, when we are being tested and we doubt the care of God, when we ask ourselves and ask God, Yahuwah, are you here with us or not? It's a way of testing God. See, we test Yahuwah when we doubt his care and concern for us. And so we must believe that Yahuwah is with us even in times of suffering, in times of testing, in times of hardship, in times of a wilderness experience. So that's the message of our King Yahushua. Do not test him. Do not test Yahuwah. When you're going through hardships in life, do not say, do not say to yourself, Yahuwah is no longer with me. Because Yahuwah is with you, even in times of sorrow. Okay. Now let's go to the third uh, temptation. Matthew 4, 8 to 9. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it, I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. <laughs> that's a strange, that's a strange temptation for our King Yahushua. He must not think too highly of our King Yahushua because the devil, he only kind of understands based upon what he desired himself, right? He desires power. He desires the kingdom. We know that our King Yahushua is tempted here. And what kind of uh, desires is um, the devil using to tempt Yahushua with, right? Well, like material things and pride and power, right? And so what the devil is basically giving to Yahushua is... Kingship. He's going to be king of kings and lord of lords because the glory of all the kingdoms is going to be given to him. Right? But the thing is, with the devil's plan, you're going to be king, you're going to be glorified, but you don't have to suffer. <laughs> Yahushua, he knows because when he studies scripture, he knows he's going to suffer. Right? The devils are giving an alternate plan. You can have that glory. You can have that kingdom without 
<laughs> I mean, you, you would probably think of that, right? A person, a normal person would probably think of that, especially if they're thinking and contemplating about, oh man, this suffering is going to be bad. Yahushua probably knows what is involved. He's going to be sin. He's, he's going to be made into sin. He probably knows that already. And so he's thinking, okay, I'm going to have this glory, but I'm going to have to become sin for God. And so the temptation given by the devil is a temptation of kingship, glory without the suffering. I mean, we all want to receive that joy that Yahuwah wants to give us. But if, if we are told before you get that glory, you have to first share in the suffering or have suffering, you might be thinking, what, is there another way? Right? I mean, according to Apostle Paul, since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of, of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. Also, Paul tells us, yeah, we're, we are children of God. Because we are children of God, we are co-heirs together with the Son of God, Christ, right? Well, that means we're going to share in his glory. But we also have to share in his suffering. People don't want to hear that. They just want to hear the glory part, okay? But Apostle Paul says, no. If you want to share in the glory, you have to share in the suffering. But Apostle Paul also adds, you know what? When you look at the suffering, you compare it to the glory, it's nothing. Nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us when Yahusha returns. And so, Yahusha is presented with glory without suffering. What is the response of our King Yahusha? Take a look at what he says. Get out of here, Satan, Yahushua told him. For the scriptures say you must worship Yahuwah your God and serve only him. I want you to look at this answer of our King Yahushua because it tells us a lot about his character. You don't immediately see it when you look at Matthew 4.10. But when you meditate upon Matthew 4.10, you see a lot of things you don't immediately see. You notice... When you meditate upon this passage, Yahushua says, get out of here, Satan. You must worship Yahuwah your God and serve only him. I want you to notice what Yahushua does not say. Right? What does Yahushua not say? Well, he does not say, well, Satan, how can you give me all the kingdom of the world in its glory? How can you give that to me when you don't really have ultimate authority over all things? How can you give that to me, but then the father might get upset and both of us will be in trouble? He doesn't say that. You know why? Because he's not even thinking about the kingdom. He's not even thinking about the glory. No. What is in the mind of our King Yahushua when the devil presents this temptation to him? He's thinking about his fellowship with who? Yahuwah. That's all he's thinking about. That's why he says, get out of here, Satan. I don't care about the kingdom. I don't care about the glory. More important than anything is Yahuwah. That's why he says, you must worship Yahuwah, your God, and serve only him. You see, Yahushua 
had a deep desire to please Yahuwah, his father. And this is why when he was presented with glory without suffering, the kingdom without suffering, he wasn't even thinking of that. He was just thinking of how I can please Yahuwah. That's why that temptation, it had no effect on our King Yahushua because he had a deep desire to please Yahuwah. And so the devil leaves. The devil went away. He knows he has no chance. And angels came and took care of Yahushua. But the angels had to come because Remember, 40 days and 40 nights without food in the wilderness under the heat of the sun, it's going to take a lot out of you. And so he was cared for by angels. But if we're going to look at what the, what the ultimate solution is to all temptations, really only one thing. I don't know if you saw that. The solution of our King Yahushua to all the temptations. What is the common denominator by which Yahushua was able to overcome all the temptation? In fact, the temptations were not temptations to him at all. They were not really temptations to him at all. He did not even contemplate that. He did not even contemplate about the possibility of having a kingdom without the suffering. No. What was it that allowed him to overcome these temptations so that we too can learn from him? Well, when we look at the major temptation categories, there deep, it, it mentions the cravings, right? Cravings of the flesh, cravings for material things, and cravings for pride and power. Cravings. These are desires. These are desires that are not good for you. And so those were the these were the major temptation categories. You notice the three answers of King Yahushua to the devil? He says, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. What did he desire more than anything? He delighted in the word of God. He delighted in pleasing Yahuwah. You must not test Yahuwah your God. For our King Yahushua, was, what was more important was not one's comfort level, but who he was with. So even if I'm going through this hardship, 40 days without food. What is important is Yahuwah is with me. He doesn't complain. It doesn't bother him. And so he delighted Yahuwah's presence. So much so that even if he goes through hardship, he believes Yahuwah is with him. This was not the case for the people of Israel. Just because they have no water to drink for a couple of hours, they begin to complain, oh, is Yahuwah with me or not? Right? Yahushua does not have that problem because he... His desires for Yahuwah to be with him. You must worship Yahuwah your God and serve him and only him. So Yahushua's deep desire is to please our father, Yahuwah. And so when you look at the answers of our king Yahushua, it tells us Yahushua delighted in Yahuwah, delighted in his words, and delighted in pleasing him. What is the common word you find there? Delight. You see, temptation is a desire. When we delight in the things of the flesh, when we delight in the things of evil, that's a temptation. The only way for us to really overcome temptation is to have another delight. 
in good things. And so what the Bible is telling us, for us to really overcome temptation, we need to nurture our spiritual desires. Yahuwah should be our delight. In Psalms, in fact, the final passage of our studies today, Psalms 37, 4 to 5, take delight in Yahuwah, and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to Yahuwah. Trust him, and he will help you. And so our King Yahushua, the one thing he delighted more than anything was his fellowship with Yahuwah, the words of Yahuwah, and pleasing Yahuwah. If we will also delight Yahuwah and make him the joy of our lives, and eventually our spirit will be nurtured and fed. It will grow and grow. And our, our desires and temptations that go against the will of God, that will diminish and wane and begin to die away. And so the ultimate way to overcome temptation really is to grow our desire and delight for our father, Yahuwah, and his beloved son, Yahushua. Okay, that is our lesson. Let us stand and we shall pray together. Everlasting Father, merciful Abba, Yahuwah, thank you for giving us this message. Thank you for giving us your words. Thank you for your divine fellowship. Help us to meditate upon what it means that we belong to you, and that you are with us. Father, in times of hardships and sorrows in life, there's, there sometimes we ask questions. Sometimes we do complain. Sometimes we test you. Forgive us, loving Abba. Teach us to trust in you. Help us to believe that you have already given up your beloved son so that we can be brought close to you. Certainly you are with us and certainly you will never leave us. Abba, Yahuwah, may you be with your people. Strengthen us every day. May our delight for your presence Delight for your holy words and our desire to please you grow stronger every day so that we can always overcome the temptations of life. Our King Yahushua, oh King, may we be like you every day. Teach us to have your heart, a heart that deeply loves Yahuwah. May you help us to be dependent upon Yahuwah for everything we do in our life. Just like you, the will of Abba is your food. May it be the same for each one of us. May you guide each one of your servants. Help us to follow your good example. Help us that we might overcome all things. Father, we believe that you have listened to our prayers. We ask and beg everything in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahushua HaMashiach. Amen.